0: Hello and welcome to Your 360 on D365. I'm Julie Billido, Managed Services Support Manager at BDO Canada. Thank you for joining us. The BDO Managed Services Support Team brings you this podcast so we can give you the latest inside scoop of what's happening with Dynamics 365. We wanna share with you the stories from the support desk and also keep you informed of the new features that are being released to D365 and what that means to us. Presenting the latest and greatest of each of these products are my colleagues, Reiner Relinski, Diana Bird, Melanie Semeniak, Ashley Lupton, and Joseph Menaram. We thought, what better way to learn about your system and to get the most out of it than by hearing from those of us on the front lines, serving you, resolving issues, and staying abreast of the new features and functionalities that are released by Microsoft. Be inspired, be surprised, and prepared to be fascinated on how much there is to learn and know about the world of Dynamics 365. Coming up on this episode of Your 360 on Dynamics 365, we're going to take a look at what just came in with the brand new Wave 1 release for Business Central, followed by Dynamic Delights featuring AI capabilities of D365 Finance and Ops. And last but not least, hearing your dynamic input of how the cloud has really saved businesses during the COVID-19 crisis. First, let's look at what is hot off the press related to D365 Business Central. Melanie is on the line, ready to share with us how the landscape of supporting Business Central has really changed compared to how we would support Dynamics NAV. Then we'll highlight what's coming in this new Spring Wave 1 release. Take it away, Melanie.
1: Thanks, Julie. Although it's not exactly hot out there yet with it still being Spring at all, we do have some hot, hot topics to dig into in the world of D365 Business Central. First, I'd like to share a general note to all our listeners. The way in which we support you has changed. Supporting those of you working on an on-prem Dynamics NAV version and those of you on Dynamics 365 Business Central is a completely different landscape. For those of you on D365 Business Central, we not only have ongoing and exciting new functionalities coming with each wave, we also don't have to wait years and years for the next upgrade to have them. In the past, and for those of you still on Dynamics NAV, We're waiting years and years for when your NAV version is close to its expired life cycle and no longer supported by Microsoft in order to justify that upgrade investment. We all know we need to keep an eye on those investments and and where we spend our money. Now at D365 Business Central, though, the wait is over and lifted, and we can look forward to the new features and functionality that is released every six months.
0: Oh Mel, I completely resonate with what you're saying. I mean having supporting, having supported, I should say, Dynamics NAV for many years, like yourself, this world of D365 Business Central is really exciting since now we're really forced to be as current as possible by understanding the changes that Microsoft is bringing to this product so also frequently. Um, and we also don't have those dreaded upgrades that we saw before, right? And, and turned into these expensive kind of re-implementations that we would see happen with our project te- teams, I should say. So with our clients continually being upgraded now, Uh, they always seem to remain on the current version of the product so their ROI is really constantly being maximized.
1: Oh it sure is, it very much is Julie. Something else I noticed is another way that D365 Business Central has changed our support landscape is that we have ongoing hot fixes automatically applied to our clients online database. in between the spring and fall upgrade waves, Microsoft is pushing out hot fixes to resolve known issues or reported issues, I should say, reported issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so once it's reported, then Microsoft uh, finds the hot fix and they push it out automatically in a, in a sort, sort of like the, the waves, except for they're a little bit smaller and they- They're like they mini waves. <laughs> that's right, that's yeah. right, exactly, like a mini wave. <laughs> Um, But before, with Dynamics NAV, we only applied hotfixes when our clients came across issues. So now clients are always receiving those hotfixes whether they need them or not. It really just depends on how they use the system.
0: Yeah, completely agree. I mean, our clients use the system in such different ways. I mean, they're all different businesses with their own ways of doing things. So there really wasn't a one-size-fits-all type of approach to applying hotfixes in the past. Um, especially our clients uh, in NAV, right, that had all of these customizations. Um, So they really had their own database in one shape or another. But at least now with Business Central, we have one level playing field. The customizations are kept aside through extensions, um, and we um, will need to we'll just need to park that topic for now. But um, so let's move on. I just thought I'd mention about the extension piece and that, you know, there's still some customizations in Business Central, just not as much, I would say, as we had with NAV. So moving on to this spring release um, that we're having just now in in April 2020, uh, I know there's some features, Melanie, that you wanted to share with us that you're excited about. So go for it.
1: Yes, back to Wave 1 2020 and the exciting new features. We are going to talk about things like disabling Edit in Excel. This will be important to the impact of the current users that are able to edit in Excel. They'll all need to have the new permission set. It's called Excel Export Action. And this will need to be added to those users that you want to have permission to edit in Excel.
0: Ah, interesting. So, for those of you out there that need some help with setting up those user permissions, feel free to reach out to us at the support desk.
1: Yeah, sounds good. We'll, we're always ready and willing to help everybody. Um, another cool feature I want to share is autosaving documents when you're printing and sending. So, when this is configured, the system will automatically attach the posted invoices to the, atta- to the attachments on that page.
0: Oh, neat. So, if somebody wants to have a copy of that document that they sent out, they can find it on that page. Huh. Would that, do you think, or do you know, Mel, if that's going to be in a fact box or um, like on that right side of the page there?
1: Yep, absolutely. That's exactly where you're going to find it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, There's also a new feature called printer management for non-interactive printing. And I know some of you are out there thinking, say what? non-interactive printing? So let me explain a little bit on that note. It has historically been a challenge to print from the cloud to your local hardware. So first the user needs to interact, so to say, such as downloading and then printing to your printer or printing to a PDF to save somewhere and then printing to your printer. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, so that's where they came up with the term of non-interactive printing. You can now, once it's configured in printer management, you can print to a local or email-enabled printer directly from your Business Central application. Okay, Julie, I have one last item that I want to highlight on, and this should be one that everybody can hold on to their seats for because it requires (laughs) no introduction and no detailed explanation. I'll hold on and wait for the drum roll.
0: I wish I had one. (laughs) <laughs> go ahead.
1: Yay! Purchasing to resources.
0: Yay. Awesome. Yes,
1: this is a very long awaited feature that a lot of clients will be super excited about.
0: Oh yeah, I, I can see people, on, I, I visually can see people on the edge of their seats right now, <laughs> just waiting for the <laughs> spring release.
1: <laughs> yes, and Julie, just to finish, I thought I'd mention that there's also a new features management page. So that's a, that's something that's very, very new in, in um, and there's lots of new things that are coming up with each new wave, but it is very exciting. So this is where administrators can turn on and off specified features to all or a subset of users. So the features that you'll be able to turn on and off, unfortunately, are managed still by Microsoft so far. This is a new feature, so maybe it'll it'll um, become a little bit more or less controlled by Microsoft in future. But I'd like to see, I, I am excited to see how this will work. Um, there's also some new usability features, as well as some old ones that we've been missing out on for a bit now. Things like F2 to edit, which is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, arrow right and left when you're entering data and you can use tab again as it no longer focuses on the ellipsis anymore. We can, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of good, but the people that like to use that left hand a little bit more were, were getting a yeah. little frustrated. So yeah. it's good, a good new, new feature. Um, show and hide and the ability to personalize more than one page at a time. So you can just turn your personalization on now and go to town. I'll be waiting or bathing in the sun when nobody needs me anywhere. Microsoft, <laughs> yeah, right. I know, Microsoft's making things so much easier than before. Well, and you know. I, yeah, I could go on and on and on. Um, unhide pages on a, uh, parts on a page, I should say. Uh, tree views, device orientation, role explorer, oh list goodness. plus pages. I know, list plus pages. And this, r- release is so exciting and will provide Business Central users a great big bang for their buck, or what we could call a boring old increase in productivity, (laughs) just depends on how you want to perceive it. I choose the big bang for your buck and the thought of sunshine and the ability to leave my house one day, Strange, eh? strange times out there.
0: Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Mel, thank you so much for sharing all that. I mean, as we're all stuck in our homes or walking the dog, I mean, that's how I get out these days. It's just walking the dog. She's my excuse for getting out. Um, I trust that everyone listening that this podcast is really helping you stay connected to us uh, and hearing our voices I think it's different than just being on email all the time uh, you really get to hear a bit more of our personality I think through the uh, podcasts, and at the same time you get to learn what's happening with this product um, as it's always evolving uh, with every release uh, and even every hotfix that gets um, put out there it's it's evolving and getting better and better incrementally. Uh, so thank you Mel. So much for sharing uh, with us these insights so now let's move on to diana another frontline d365 business central managed services team member that has a couple more exciting new additions she'd like to share regarding this upcoming business central spring wave go ahead diana
2: thank you julie today i'd like to tell you about two features i really like coming in the april release of dynamics 365 Business Central. Two time-saving features. The first one is how to easily receive more items on a PO than you ordered. Something that I think often happens. And the Mm -hmm. second thing is to easily correct a mistakenly posted partial invoice and be able to re-invoice on the same order. This works for both purchase orders and sales or purchase invoices and sales or invoices. (laughs) First (laughs) I'll talk about the setup to easily receive more items than ordered on a PO. I suspect many of your you have suppliers that send a little extra of the product ordered on a purchase order. You're willing to take the extra product, but currently there isn't an easy streamlined process in D365 Business Central to do this. There are many steps required to accomplish it in the current version. First, you have to contact the purchaser. Then the purchaser has to reopen the purchase order, update the purchase order to add the new quantity, whether on a new line or just change the quantity on the existing line. If you have approvals, you have to get the new quantity approved. And then if you do warehouse receipts, you have to create a warehouse receipt. And finally, you can receive those few extra items.
0: My goodness, boy, the way you put it there, Diana, I think you were <laughs> you're bang on with saying how much extra work it is. Uh, so t- th- that's a lot of steps. Um, so I'm so glad you brought this up for this very reason. So how is this new enhancement going to streamline all that?
2: So this new enhancement saves most of the steps, and it really does make it easier. Here's how Microsoft has streamlined it.
0: OK, all right. Let me pause you there for a sec. So listeners, I'd like to draw your attention. Uh, Diana has a few slides, Uh, so feel free to watch for those of you that might have uh, your phones available uh, to look at. I don't know if you're driving or walking your dog right now, but um, if you are able to see the slides, feel free to uh, peek in. She does have some screenshots there. So go ahead, Diana.
2: Okay, so first of all, I'll tell you a bit about the setup. Microsoft has added a new over-receipt code where you can specify the percentage, for example, 10% that can be over-received. This would let you receive 110 if the purchase was for 100, for example. There's even a checkbox for required approval. If your company uses approvals, this can be checked and the approval will automatically be created um, for the over-receipt. The over receipt code can then be attached to items or vendors where you want to allow over receiving. When you key in the quantity to receive on the purchase order line, If it's an over-receipt quantity, it shows on the PO line in the over-receipt quantity. There's a new over-receipt quantity field on the purchase order line and an over-receipt quantity code. And both of them will get populated when you key in a quantity that is an over-receipt. In my example of a PO quantity of 100 and an over-receipt of 10%, if I keyed in 108 into the quantity to receive on the PO or the warehouse document, it would update the over-receipt quantity on the PO line to 8 and automatically fill in the over receipt code on the PO line it allows you over receipt on PO quantity to receive field on release purchase orders and warehouse receipts this is a nice time-saving enhancement if you have often have suppliers sending you a little extra of the item and you're willing to take it once you get the new release take a look at the over receipt code to set it up
0: Wow, totally is, Diana. Man, talk about cutting down on steps for that process. And thanks for walking us through that. What a handy feature. Um, Now, I think there was another feature you wanted to tell us about too, right?
2: Yes, I wanted to tell you about the feature called Revert Quantity Invoice When Canceling an Order. Quite a long name.
0: Yeah, really.
2: but some mistakes are easy to fix in Microsoft Dynamics Business Central, but others are really time-consuming, again, with multiple steps. Posting a partial invoice by mistake with the wrong quantities, prices, and or items currently takes a long time to fix, and without a lot of effort, you can't invoice them again on the same order. This enhancement allows you to fix the mistake quickly and even re-invoice on the same sales order. Hmm. Currently, you if you make a mistake when creating the invoice of a partially received, partially shipped or received order, you can create a credit, but you can't re-invoice on the same order easily. There is a new option in the, correct, in the correct section of the posted invoice that allows you to correct the posted invoice. When this is done, the quantity to invoice on the original order is updated so you can re-invoice the same quantities again on the same order.
0: Oh, wow. So happy to hear that Microsoft has added this feature too. Wow. So for you listeners that can easily see your screen right now, Diana's also posted a screenshot where you can find this feature on that invoice page.
2: Yes, it is a really nice feature to use for times when you make mistakenly post a partial invoice. It's available for both posted purchase and sales invoices. Just check out the correct action on the release on the new release sorry so just to sum up check out these two new features to look up on the coming release easily remove more items than ordered on a po look for the over receipt codes to get started and revert the quantity to invoice when cancelling an order on posted invoices try the correct feature
0: All right, wow, Diana, thanks so much for adding these features to our attention. Um, We were saying previously with Melanie that there is a lot coming up in this upcoming wave. Like I, the more we talk about it, the more seems to, we seem to uncover. So thank you so much for sharing this with us. Um, So thank you, Melanie, Diana, for keeping us abreast of these changes. Um, So that concludes our segment of This Just In. Changing gears now, let me introduce you to another segment we call Dynamics Delights. This is when we cover innovative cutting edge abilities that Dynamics 365 has to offer us. So what better way to debut this segment than with my colleague, Reiner Rolinsky? He's been implementing and supporting Dynamics AX for many years and has also pivoted to supporting those of you on D365 F&O. Welcome Reiner, and uh, looking forward to what you have to share with us regarding AI and machine learning, to be honest, it sounds so futuristic. (laughs) Um, I can't help but think of, you know, data from Star Trek or something, or even worse, like Terminator or something like that. But uh, I I don't think that that's what you have in store to share with us today. Um, So going back to dynamics, um, I'm curious, um, how does AI, man, have we come this far? How does AI play a part of how the system works? Um, And do you think it'll ever replace us someday? (laughs)
3: Well, (laughs) AI is certainly a hot topic and and with fast changing opportunities. Um, A a fun outdoor example of AI in use would be tracking snow leopards. Um, It's tough (laughs) to identify population density among snow leopards because of course it's very hard to see them. um, They are amazingly good at camouflage and so outdoor images look like a lot of greens and grays. Mm. Uh, The task of, of staring at pages of those dim images, which can take people days, of uninspiring and, and I, I think migraine-inducing work can be performed <laughs> by an AI tool, and and it can actually process that same volume of data in minutes, um, which which you know helps us track and protect this this amazing animal. Wow! Uh, the the shift in workload frees up time. For more, for more deeper research. It's, it's not about replacing people, it's about replacing really dull tasks and giving people the opportunity to do work that's much more empowering and much more interesting. Mm. And uh, of course, at the same time, in, in this example, we're improving the leopard's chances for survival.
0: Right. Wow. That's interesting. Like how this technology is being used to help those leopards or and even on any other kind of animal out there, I'm sure that's endangered. Um, I'm sure you're about to get to this, but how would you apply this kind of technology for our listeners here who are on D365 um, and, uh, you know, outside of the world of wildlife or in, or in the environmental industry?
3: Yeah, I, I suspect uh, Dynamics may not be used heavily in, in the wildlife industry, although it may. It just, Who knows? Yeah, not, we'll, not we might my, see it grow there. <laughs> that's right, maybe not in my customer base at the moment. But yeah, on a, on a, on a more practical note in, in the world of business, um, AI, which is also you know Microsoft's machine learning, can apply formulas at, at many levels of the company and, and use those to predict future events with something called next best action advices. Um, these would be events such as when a customer may be late on their payments, um, it'll provide a warning before the invoice is due. So, you know, if you think, if you think of someone who you've known in an office, let's call them Pat, um, 20 years of managing AR at the company, Pat was able to predict who would pay late. But if your company doesn't have a PAT, or maybe a PAT is working on more valuable tasks like like relationship building with customers, well, AI risk analytics can take the work of those rare PAT people in our workplace and in short order produce results to support and strengthen the whole process. Um, the team can then spend their time, as I say, touching base with customers, reaching reaching out to customers before they're late and and uh, you know have conversations about what are options? Um, should we delay some orders so that you can get caught up on your payments? Um, in other words, capture those problems while they're still uh, small and manageable.
0: Yeah, that actually sounds so practical that you put it that way and illustrate it for us in that way. Um, I think we can all relate to somebody like a Pat in our office or someone that we know tends to do a certain group of tasks and things change and now they got to do other things. And uh, that's really cool that uh, that machine learning can fill in that gap. Um, so this may sound like a stretch, but um, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't propose that. Uh, would sorry. Would AI propose a risk? Uh, you think of um, you know, take, maybe taking on some of the jobs that we do enjoy, or uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of that before
3: yeah you know it's 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 talked about quite a lot, and there are concerns about you know what computers will do. um but in in the experiences that we've had the the exciting realizations are that these these powerful new tools, like AI or augmented reality, the AR version, um they they don't currently appear to be replacing people in their jobs. They're replacing menial tasks that mm. that you know, that people don't want to do really. Um, and so the tools are, are best when they're used to enhance the skills of that existing workforce. They minimize repetitive work and they offer valuable data and, and time during busy work days. I, most of us would be happy with a little less stress in our job. Many of mm-hmm. us are working working overtime hours, working, you know, weekends from home. And so the idea here is to use these tools to help us find a better a healthier work-life balance and the old catchphrase, you know, work smarter rather than harder.
0: Yeah, that sounds more like it, <laughs> I'll tell you. Everyone's trying to strive for that work-life balance these days. So, hey, if every help we can get, the better, in my opinion. Um, it's 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 starting to sound a lot more positive now.
3: Yeah, and it, and it certainly can be, Julie. Um, another example of the new machine learning and augmentation tools um, I'll make up a, a, a cupcake company. <clears throat> um, and so the owners of this the this, this small company have decided to scale up and they've invested in an automated cupcake filler. Well, traditionally, your maintenance team would now have to learn a great deal about this new piece of equipment. And unfortunately, to a large extent, that learning would come through trial and error. Um, with AI tools, um, Internet of Things, augmented reality, these kind of devices combined with machine learning, That complex new cupcake filler machine can provide the data we need to keep the jam and chocolate running smoothly all by itself. It it can feed back information like temperature, light reflection, number of turns, uh, particulate measurements, uh, so many details that can come back to the AI system, which will respond by suggesting predictive rather than just preventive or worst case, of course, corrective maintenance tasks. Once the maintenance team knows which components are likely to fail, they can then schedule downtime without the surprise interruptions uh, in the production process. And then even more futuristic, they can apply augmented reality tools such as a HoloLens, which you wear over your head and it acts as an an interactive visual guide. So it'll feed off GPS data uh, in terms of where you are on the machine and it can find the parts to be replaced and show you step by step visual instructions on how to remove them, which screws to take out, which not to take out, and then you know reinstall the new components quickly and efficiently. Uh, this, wow! This, yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing, <laughs> and and it seems futuristic, but it's being applied in in quite a number of industries already. Mm. Um, it, it provides opportunities for a maintenance team to share its workload because now all the team members that have strong mechanical skills can maintain the equipment without that specialized knowledge. And and that knowledge often changes from day to day where expensive training courses are are wasted on one-off situations.
0: Wow, really? Like that sounds like a whole different way of working. Uh, How much is Microsoft investing into AI and other machine learning? Do you know?
3: Um, Yeah, I have uh, done some research on that, and Microsoft actually has uh, over a thousand researchers in 11 labs covering 55 areas of this exciting new technology. Uh, They're focused on designing the interface for complex tools to be accessible to front-end users, along with simplifying the development of custom tools so there are only a few lines of code to apply. Um, people can do this work um, and influence the design of the solutions that they need for themselves. So it's, it's you know, the carpenter designing his own hammer um, and, the, and the result is an empowered, effective workforce, less firefighting, less stress, which of course leads you into staff retention, strong teams and, and more successful companies
0: wow i like how you said that the carpenter designing the hammer i wonder how many carpenters ever got that chance (laughs) what a neat way to put that i'll definitely remember that one (laughs) well thank you so much reiner for covering this uh for us uh this upcoming up and coming functionality that I can see now that the way you've explained it to us and the application it has can really add value to any organization. I'm sure we'll hear more about this from you as it continues to evolve. Um, oh, what a what a feeling. We're just at the tip of the iceberg with this one.
3: Yes, it, it is definitely a subject. Thanks, Julie, for the time.
0: You're more than welcome. Now on to our next segment called Dynamic Input. For this episode, I thought it would be fitting to share with you how D365 has impacted businesses during COVID-19. The cloud has really come to the rescue during this mandatory time of telecommuting. All organizations that are already operating in D365 off Microsoft's Azure server has reaped the benefits of being up in the cloud in more ways than one. Organizations haven't missed a beat in operations since their business continuity has been safeguarded. So all employees need is an internet connection and they're able to access their database and operate as usual. From our managed services support desk perspective though, we have noticed a rise in requests related to remote access, as well as tasks that can be performed outside of the office. So. Any any tasks that could be done like electronic banking kind of functionalities, you know, paying vendors via an EFT file, an electronic transfer file um, has been on the rise because it is really hard to pay checks when check stock is at the office and in some cases more than one signature is required. So Microsoft um, has seen an increase too in cloud usage by 775% in COVID-19 hotspots. And they're prioritizing their cloud traffic to first responders, emergency routing, and reporting applications, um, and overall healthcare system operating in the cloud. Right, so that's the industry in which they're really prioritizing the resources right now is to the health their health healthcare um, clients. Other applications, as you may know, um, have also seen a rise um, like screen share uh, type softwares um, or applications, including Microsoft Teams. So in fact, uh, just so you're aware, this product has also seen a set over 700% increase in users in Italy during COVID-19. Um, and here's some more statistics to paint a more powerful picture here. Microsoft Teams has seen a total of over 900 million meeting and calling minutes a day. Generated by 44 million daily users over that space in a single week. And the company's Skype video and audio calling service now has 40 million users, which is a 70% month over month increase. And the calling minutes are now up to 220%. So many users around the world are turning to cloud-based technologies and are adapting these new ways of connecting and working remotely. So as we continue to alter our way of life during the COVID-19 measures placed upon us, let's continue to support one another and be thankful we live in a time when such technologies exist and are readily available. I can't imagine what our lives would be like in this crisis were it to hit us 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. So. Just to reiterate, we're always here to support you in any way we can during these strange times. Feel free to reach out to us anytime. Also, feel free to email us any questions that you might have um, that we can feature on our next episode. Uh, We want to gather your questions and feature them and provide answers from experts on the upcoming episodes. We really want to hear from you, so feel free to reach out. You can email us at solutionsupport at bdo.ca. Well, that about wraps up our first episode of Your 360 on Dynamics 365. We trust you enjoyed your time with us and have now a bit more knowledge about Microsoft's Dynamics suite. Continue to tune in to our podcast as more episodes become available. Until next time, stay strong and stay dynamic. Take care.